0: You're listening to A Stranger Podcast, www.thestranger.com.
1: Sex toys, online dating, sex mistakes, talking about abortion and reproductive choice, anal sex, understanding the penis, exploring the vagina, gays in the media, the connection between environmental health and sexual health. Hey, Savage Love listeners, this is Nathan.
2: And this is Malika. And those were just some of the topics we've covered on Speaking of Sex, a Planned Parenthood podcast at speakingofsexpodcast.org.
1: Dan's the man when it comes to dishing out sex and relationship advice. But check us out for sexual health information and stories from Planned Parenthood, a name you know and trust.
2: Tune in at speakingofsexpodcast.org. And remember, be safe.
1: And have fun.
0: You're stuck in a relationship quandary Or if you're looking for a sexual
1: Hey everybody, it's Dan Savage. This is the Savage Lovecast, the once a week out loud version of my sex advice column, Savage Love. Thanks for downloading us. Welcome to uh, the first annual, perhaps the only, but we'll call it the first annual in case we ever want to do it again. Fag Hagapalooza. The fag hag relationship, the fag and hag relationship came up on the podcast a couple weeks back. We got lots of calls from people with responses and observations about the Fag hag thing, and so we decided to open up the lines for more calls about the fag and hag relationship, and this whole show is dedicated to hags and their fags
2: Hi, Dan. um I'm calling to get your opinion on what you think the definition of fag hag is. Um, I've always heard that uh you know a fag hag is a straight girl who has tons of gay friends and is you know sort of secretly in love with her gay friends. Um, I've always kind of considered myself a fag hag. Um, I went to, you know, my senior prom with my gay best friend, and I've always had a ton of gay friends, but the problem is I'm a dyke, and I have a lot of friends who tell me dykes can't be fag hags. You know, they're just uh, gay girls with fellow gay friends. Um, you know, I, I find... Uh, I find fags to be really safe friends. You know, they're they're guy friends I can hang out with and not have to worry about the um, inevitable straight guy uh, confessing his love to you when, you know, he's just assured you that you're just friends for your entire relationship. Um, So what do you think? Am Am I a fag hag or am I just a dyke with fellow gay friends?
1: I suppose it's good to start with the definition of terms. You are not a fag hag. You can't possibly be. A fag hag, as fag haggery is understood. You are a lesbian uh, with a rapport, who has a rapport with gay men. There's lots of those running around. They're not fag hags. Fag hags uh, have to be straight girls. And it's not a straight girl who runs with a posse of gay men. It's a straight girl who has one incredibly close, often from the outside perceived as perhaps sexual, but, you know, in reality totally not sexual— kind of sick and mutually dependent relationship with a gay guy who himself has sort of an air of tragedy about him. Usually these relationships, fag-hag relationships, uh, happen when the fag and the hag are both very young. You know, it becomes sort of like ironic when a gay man and a straight woman get to be really good friends, Will and Grace, Will and Grace, later in life, That's not really fag hag. That's just, you know, they have a really good friendship because there's no sexual tension and they, you know, they both sleep with men and uh, they can dish men together. And that's just a safe, fun relationship. But fag hag relationships that tend to happen in high school or college when the guy isn't totally out or comfortable with his sexuality and the girl maybe isn't, I won't say not out because she's obviously straight, but isn't comfortable with her sexuality either and is a little afraid of men. And here is this guy she can have a totally safe relationship with and feel close to without feeling like she's, you know, going to be judged for her attractiveness alone, or expected to perform sexually, or, you know, bullied into performing sexually before she's ready. So it's this relationship of mutual sort of patheticness and interdependence that usually what happens is one or the other outgrows it, or outgrows the need for this relationship of mutual pathetic interdependence before the other, and then ends it. And it's kind of like a romantic breakup when it reaches that point. That's the fag-hag relationship. That is not uh, what you've got with your gay buddies.
2: Hi Dan. I have just listened to your podcast from this week about the uh the fag hag that's feeling a little bit dumped. Um I found myself in the, the opposite situation. I was I was the fag hag of the, the closeted the closet case and I, you know, we had this weird romantic thing going. We had sex a couple times. Um, it was real really strange. Um, but anyway, I was terrible to him. And, and um, we haven't spoken in about oh, a year, two years or, or so, but um, I'm dating somebody who I want to marry a guy. And, um, you know, every now and then I see this guy out and I really sometimes I think about him and I really miss him and I don't know if it's romantic and I don't know what the deal is, but how do I uh, get over him? so
1: to speak. Yes, as I said to the previous caller, the fag-hag relationship often has a weird romantic interdependence, and that can sometimes, uh, unfortunately for all involved, uh, become fully sexual, and the fag and the hag can get it on. What's usually going on for the fag in those instances is a desire to confirm his homosexuality by having sex with a woman to make sure that that's really not what he wants now that's a shitty shitty fucking thing to do to treat your you know very best friend in the world like an aversion therapy program which is really what it is ultimately for the fag um I, i will say in fags defense that you know they're hit with from culturally constantly that they can't really know if they're gay unless they've actually been with a woman so for a lot of gay guys who are reluctant to come out or reluctant to begin identifying as gay uh this is the you know the final you know last ditch attempt to prove to themselves that they're not actually this thing that they're very fearful of having to admit that they are, which is gay. So they, you know, fuck their best friend who happens to be a woman that they have this rapport with because they're not actually really attracted to each other. Or she may be desperately attracted to him, but he's not really attracted to her. So for him, the sex with the fag hag is very sort of emotionally low stakes because he kind of knows in the back of his head that he's not going to be with women long term. Uh, she may have hopes that he will be with her long term and that's the reason she against her better judgment knowing in the back of her head that he's actually a fag or most likely a fag goes ahead and does it because maybe she labors under the misconception that she's the one who'll cure him or that maybe he's not really gay uh, and she can straighten him out it's all very fucked up like I said there's that pathetic quality that tragic quality to the interdependence in a fag hag relationship Sorry you had sex with your fag. Um, it was kind of exploitative on his part. It was kind of tragic, um, for you. And now you miss him because, and, and why do you miss him? Because what was underlied your whole relationship, the reason you had the fag-hag relationship was because you were attracted to each other as friends. And as often is the case, you introduce sex into a friendship and it can fuck things up. Particularly if you end up feeling used, particularly if you end up feeling like the friend who fucked you had an agenda beyond just sex or attraction or friendship but something else. And in his case, it was the, hey, do I really hate pussy as much as I think I might? Hmm, I really do. Uh, and I found that out by uh, having sex with my bag hag. So uh, what do you do now? You miss him and you feel like you're not entirely over him. You may never ultimately be over him because you're in love with uh, him uh, to some extent. He can't possibly be in love with you because you're straight. You're a woman. He's a dude. You're attracted to him. You can tap into some of his you no know, masculine attractiveness uh but he can never sort of emotionally return that level of attraction so you need to cauterize the wound you kind of if you want to have a relationship with him need to forgive him for what he did to you and he did a shitty thing to you uh did a shitty thing to you and you need to tell him he did a shitty thing to you and he needs to apologize for the shitty thing he did to you and if you can get there to you saying hey that was a shitty thing him saying yes i know i'm sorry i kind of did it under duress which is true doesn't entirely excuse it, but it helps put it into perspective, then you can have a relationship. You know, if you're marrying this dude, I would invite the fag hag, or your fag hag, but only if you get to that uh, mutual exchange of uh, anger and apologies and uh, shrugs and hugs and kisses.
2: Hi, Dan. My name is Jackie. I'm a 21-year-old straight female. I'm calling in response to your question about fags and fag hags. I was just... Wondering whether my relationship with my fag was healthy. We have a very strange relationship where we have a a child. It's not a real child, obviously, as we have not had sexual intercourse. But we've named our child. We've planned out his future. His name is Sammy Donut Jr., We also have another child named Jaden, named after Britney Spears' child. And aside from that, we have a very healthy relationship. We're, We're both sexually active. He's sexually active with many male partners, and same for me, I guess. But we're both just worried that we've become too dependent on each other in terms of this fake relationship that we've conceived We like to pretend that we're going to get married in the future because we're moving in together, and we we don't know how to proceed with this or how to pursue future partners given the fact that we do have a future together in the long term. We are both involved or have been involved with other people, but we're very heavily reliant on each other and care about each other very much. He's the only person I can see myself being with in the long term, and I think the same is true. Yes, not sexual. I know, not sexually. No, not sexually. <laughs> I'd like to know if you think this relationship is remotely healthier. If we should tear ourselves apart from each other. I
1: don't think you should tear each other apart or tear yourselves apart from each other. I do think you should set, you know, appropriate boundaries. You don't want to get all your emotional needs met uh, by him. And he doesn't want to get all his emotional needs met by you. And then you're just like fucking guys on the side to get the sex that you want. Uh, you need to have a little space. You need to leave each other a little emotional space. You need to leave each other feeling a little emotionally needy. So you have some incentive to get out there and find a partner who can be, uh, you know, your partner sexually and intimately and emotionally. Um, if you guys are living together, which I think is a bad, Idea. If you guys are living together, which again, uh, I don't know if I emphasize this, is a bad idea. Uh, you're likely to become, you know, more dependent, and, and, and you know, more of sort of this closed little universe of, you know, in jokes and fake families and marriage. You know, it's fine if you guys want to be BFFs, you know, best friends forever. But you know, the joking about marriage, the joking about you know the closeness of your bond, is going to alienate and annoy uh, people that might be romantically interested in either one of you because they're going to feel like they don't have an in they're going to feel like they are not they're not needed but to you know service you sexually if that's what you want you know there's some people who like you know if that's what you fucking want if you guys want to you know be mr and mrs fag and hag um and you know right now you can get what you want on the side eventually you'll have to buy what you want on the side go for it i don't think it's healthy uh, and I think it's uh, a little, you know, immature. You guys are young uh, and it's, you know, you're, you're you're closing yourselves off from deeper emotional connections and intimate connections to others because it's easy to hang out with each other because it's, as I said earlier, low stakes because you're not uh, romantically involved. You're just buddies. And you need to remember that. You need to live in separate fucking apartments and you need to keep some distance And establish healthy boundaries, not because your relationship is bad uh, or you're bad for each other, but it's going to make people that you might want to get involved with who don't happen to be each other uh, feel like they have no role in your lives.
0: Hi, Dan. Uh, This is Angela from Seattle, and I'm calling on behalf of all the fag hags out there who I'm sure are terrified after listening to episode 70 of your podcast. Um, my very out fag and I seem to have, uh, that quote unquote romantic relationship you've described and it seems to be going swimmingly. However, thanks to you, I'm now living in fear that one day without notice, my fag is going to get a boyfriend, take me out back and shoot me. Do you have any advice for all the scared hags out there on how to avoid this, uh, seemingly inevitable breakup or how to deal when it happens? Also, as a footnote, my mom and her fag are in their 50s, and they've been basically together since they were born. So maybe there's hope? Uh, Thank you.
1: I don't think a breakup is necessarily inevitable, but a a cooling will come if he gets a boyfriend. If you get a boyfriend, like there are fag hags out there who get boyfriends. It's not just the fags that get boyfriends. The hags get boyfriends too and sometimes dump their fags. Or uh, we shouldn't use the word dump. We should use the word cool. We should use the word, you know, the the relationship becomes less intense. You know, as I said at the beginning, there's this mutual interdependence that seems to be most acute when the fag is young and insecure and not out. And the hag is young and insecure about her sexuality and afraid of men. And so here's a safe guy for her. Here's this, you know, BFF that he can confide in and be out to for him. Um, and there's a real intensity. That intensity will cool. You know, you say your mom and her fag have been together 50 years, so obviously you know that a fag and a hag can have a relationship that goes on For decades, But I bet if you sat down and talked with your mom and your fag and her fag that they will describe like the early part of their relationship, particularly around puberty and high school and college, as sort of the most intense period of their fag and hag relationship where they were, you know, in each other's business all the time and and around all the time and constantly uh, talking and really reliant on each other. And that passes away. So not necessarily that the fag-hag relationship passes away, but that intensity will pass away. And you know what? You want it to pass away. You want that relationship to cool eventually you want hopefully it'll happen in a way where you can still be friends hopefully it won't happen like in podcast 70 where the fag decides the only way to get rid of the hag is to be an asshole to her and emotionally abusive to drive her off hopefully it happened in a way where you guys can acknowledge uh to each other you know what's happening is you know we're passing out of this intensity stage of our relationship but that really you know created a bond, that if we're not dicks to each other now, we'll always be there and we'll always be friends, but it'll never be like what it was in high school again.
3: Hi, Dan. This is a 22-year-old gay male, but that's irrelevant because I'm calling on behalf of my 22-year-old straight female fag hag. Here she is just to prove that this is for her. Hi, Dan. My friend has had a hookup buddy for about a month now, and they're exclusive. They're not boyfriend-girlfriend, but That's just because she's in denial. (laughs) The sex is pretty regular for them. She likes it a lot, and there's a lot of really great foreplay, and he seems to really excel at this. But the intercourse is another story. We can measure that in seconds, not minutes. She says that it's a lot like dessert without chocolate, and for her, dessert is only about the chocolate. She's tried using lube to lessen the friction. She's tried having him drink some alcohol but not to where they're all messy and giving each other black eyes Uh, they've also tried giving him an orgasm before and then waiting a little while then trying to have sex again but really it doesn't last that much longer but he is able to get it up and come to another orgasm she wants him to try the death grip because she thinks that's going to help desensitize it but I'm firmly against this I think the death grip is just a bad idea so we're just looking for some advice well really she is I'm really impartial to the whole thing. Uh, we also want to point out that this phone call is proof that there are fags out there who are great to their fag hags.
1: Hey, it's Dan. Hi. How are you? Hi, Dan.
2: I'm pretty good, how are you? Good, it
1: was good to hear from you and your fag, and, t- and it did demonstrate that there are lots of fags and hags out there who have healthy relationships. It's not just about mutual, pathetic, tragic interdependence. It's also about love and help and support when it works right, and that sounds like how it's working for you guys, right?
2: Yeah, we're pretty good.
1: Okay. So I call a- him my
2: gay boyfriend, so <laughs> well,
1: don't call him your gay boyfriend and don't do that. Don't say he's your boyfriend and this guy you have sex with is what, your fuck buddy? Uh then you're gonna be doing Yeah,
2: what but about everyone the- says we're dating except the two of us, so I guess my grandparents. Yeah, including his grand including uh my fag's grandparents, so okay. we're gonna move on to your pumpkin. You the need-
1: you- oh, they don't
2: Oh, sorry. That's We're a good one. like, yeah, this is why he called
1: for me, because... <laughs> tell, tell your fag I said to shut up, because we can't have a three-way conversation right now. And I need you to put all of your focus on me. Okay, I'm okay. sorry, I really am. Just like you should put all your focus, you know, most of your focus on your boyfriend. Because you don't want to create the impression for guys that you're dating that there's one man in your life, and then, you know, they can fuck you. Because mm-hmm. eventually he's going to, like, partner up with some dude and split. Yeah. And you don't want to be in the position then of like having everyone think that he's your boyfriend or you guys act like that all the time. Because it's going to give other guys the impression that there's no, you're not emotionally available to them. You need to like have your bond, have your friendship, not let, you know, not laugh and joke about everyone thinking you're boyfriend and girlfriend. That means you're doing something wrong. Okay? And that means you're okay. setting yourself up for a real painful crack up down the road. You need to like, now that you guys are in your 20s, keep this thing in perspective. All right.
2: Okay, no, that totally makes sense
1: we And totally moving on to your problem Tell him he can listen me? to the show later He needs to shut up right now um, Moving on to your problem okay. uh, He can't death grip his way uh, Out of premature ejaculation Okay. You know they're testing a drug for premature ejaculation, and it looks promising, um, but it won't be available for a good long while. And you know it'll probably have the side effect of making you know his thumbs fall off or something ridiculous, just like all those new drugs do. Uh, what you oh. need to do, you know, you say you require a good long fucking, right? That's sex for you. That's mm-hmm. the chocolate, right? What you need to yeah,
2: do, I like the chocolate.
1: <laughs> what you need to do is uh, work with him on learning exactly where his point of no return is. You know, use the lots of okay. lose. But it, that means, you know, he can't, you can't say, okay, now bang away at me if, like, you know, hard thrusting makes him come right away. You need to enjoy sex where he puts it in you and stays very still you know and let him build up let him he needs to learn his body he needs to learn his sexual response he needs to learn where that point of no return is so that he can approach it and back off and approach it and back off and that takes time and okay. practice and experimentation it doesn't take the death grip also in the meantime on those moments those those times when he comes too soon that's what dildos are for Like, there's no reason Uh, why if he comes too soon and you still want that feeling of getting fucked, he can't pick up a toy and provide you with that sensation. Okay. And it's still him, it's still sex, it's still you, the two of you being sexual together. He can even do that for you before he sticks himself in you. Now, If he rides you a good long time with a dildo and then, you know, jams his dick in you, Yahtzee, you win. You get the long, hard fucking yeah. you want, he gets the orgasm, he's earned, right? Yeah, and if, yeah and if at other times you're doing what, the other thing I talked about, like approaching that point of no return and backing off and approaching and backing off where he learns his body, learns his sexual response cycle, you'll be in a better position, okay? Okay, yeah. And you'll uh, your problem uh-huh. won't, you know, your problem will be mitigated. It may never be solved. Some guy's have premature ejaculation, you can only ever work around it. You can never totally fix it. Okay. All right.
2: That
1: was kind of what I thought you might say, but... Well, it's not always, always good news. Tell your fag I said hello.
0: Hi, Dan. Um, I just kind of wanted to give a little comment about um, the girl who was a fag hag in last week's podcast podcast. I think that you gave her the best life advice that she could probably get right now. Um, having personally been in what sounds like um, almost an identical situation 10 years ago, um, had I have heard that I probably would have been not only a little bit better person, but maybe a little bit farther ahead um, in my own personal life. Um <clears throat> The only thing that I can probably add to that or would say that um, could make that advice a little more complete is if she actually would take the break from the friendship completely, first of all, completely break away from the friendship. Like you said, do not contact him, but um, just add that she should take that time and really devote it to herself because it seems like um, – Us fag hags tend to be very caring and um, sometimes kind of let ourselves get away from ourselves, I guess, would be the best explanation for that. Um, Maybe take some time, find out who you are, find a new hobby, um, because it does really hurt bad. And I can tell you that um, it was probably one of the worst hurts in my whole life having to go through that but i'm a much better person for having gone through it and my friend and i that um had the fight and had the spat and both went through it and both are now great people um we're very good friends and i really wouldn't have given anything to um not have that in my life
1: hey it's dan you can say hi. Hi, Dan. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just got your, uh, just listened to your call. So what was the fight about? You go on and on and on about this fight 10 years ago. You don't tell us, like, what uh, actually went down. How, how did it come, uh, come to blows? It, it, was,
0: uh, it was a big mess. It came down to he was jealous over me having other friends and kind of finally realizing that um, I wasn't going to be just, Anymore and and put up with his bullshit anymore. So when I got some other friends, he uh, he got mad, <laughs> and I kind of started to stand up for myself. And um, it was just a really messy fight, and um, I kind of felt bad about it after a while. And uh, I kind of went, to, I saw him out one night, and uh, oh, he just ripped me to
1: shreds. <laughs> So you guys had a public fight? You had the, the cliché, tragic, fag, fag head confrontation oh. with a gay bar or something? Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. Um, oh, you those know, are always he... hard to watch. Those are hard to watch. <laughs> Every, time happens, did... di- Every time that happens, a disco ball dies. <laughs> does.
0: It does. <laughs> well, you he totally got... did.
1: I'm glad you battled your way back to you know a friendship after that crack up, and this is part of. I, I liked your call, and I'm glad, I-, I'm glad I-, I gave you a buzz because this is part of. Uh, this can help illustrate one of my points about how fags and fag hags need to be prepared for that moment when their relationship passes out of that intensity, the junior high, high school, maybe early college intensity of such you know closed off mutual interdependence, into hopefully you know something healthier where they have room in their lives for other people. There isn't this like suffocating you know, quasi-romantic relationship that excludes all others. But you can only make that Uh, transition successfully if you guys are cognizant of that coming to pass, of that sort of intensity is, you know, has a shelf life and needs to pass away. And so fags and fags everywhere can, you know, learn from your example, learn from your, you know, your unfortunate kill-the-disco-ball-fight experience and go, you know what, you know, I'm a 16 year old fag hag, you're my 16 year old fag, this is really intense, it's not gonna be this intense in five years, I still wanna be friends, when, even when we're not like, this tight, okay? And if people say that early on, it's likelier to come to pass. Right, exactly. So how's your relationship these days?
0: Oh, it's great. I'm actually um, on my way from Minneapolis to Chicago to wish him a happy 35th birthday, and it's a surprise, and um, he doesn't know that I'm coming, but he thought I was coming, like, on Saturday for St. Patrick's Day, and uh, he's really, really excited. Oh, good. So, yeah,
3: it's it's
1: excellent now. A healthy adult friendship now, and not this sort of unhealthy, romantic, misplaced attachment anymore.
0: Yeah, and we both kind of had to go through our own, like, really bad relationships to realize, okay, this is my deal, this is your deal, and we can still be friends.
1: Well, cool. I'm glad you guys made the transition. Thanks for calling.
2: Hey, Dan. I just listened to the podcast this week. I think it was number 70, and I just wanted to call in because my heart really went out to the girl who was calling about her gay best friend um, breaking up with her. It totally happened to me when I was 23. It was a little bit more of a mutual thing, but it was the biggest heartbreak of my life. I'm a straight woman. I've been in a bunch of relationships, and I never had my heart broken so hard as it was broken by my gay boyfriend that I broke up with um, after about four or five years of tight friendship, so I just know that it's horrible when you're in the you know, emotional situation for people to say it'll get better, it'll get better but it will get better, it still is a really painful time for me to think about it definitely brought up a lot of issues when I was listening to the podcast but I also really appreciated how you were talking about how it happens to a lot of people because I think that I wore out the ears of a lot of friends and family during that time um, and they sort of were very confused about why I was so upset and so I just wanted to call in and send out that word of I don't know, support or solidarity or sisterhood or whatever.
0: Um, And just
2: to say that uh, I was glad that you brought up a lot of those issues. And I hope that, um, you know, five or six years down the road, she's able to look back and say that she learned a lot and it was a great relationship, but it definitely had come to its natural
1: end i just want to say a word here in defense of the fags uh you know we're hearing from you know it's an advice show advice column mostly women are going to call in or write in because women talk about their feelings and their emotions uh so we're kind of i think getting a one-sided picture of these relationships it's not just like fags as users and abusers and fag hags often as you know defenseless uh sponges for uh you know meanness and mistreatment um Sometimes the fag-fag-hag relationship ends badly or, you know, explosively because the fag ends up feeling like the only way he can move out of this relationship, the only way that he can, uh, you know, transition to something that's not so smothering is to really push and shove because some fags are, you know, mean, stupid, selfish, obnoxious, abusive uh, Fuckers, But some fag-hags can be, you know, very needy, very clingy, emotionally manipulative. Not saying that's the case in your part. I just want to, you know, get this into the podcast at some point, and I'm dropping it in here. And I've seen fag-fag-hag relationships where the only way out for the fag was, you know, after many attempts to, you know, create a little space, to set some healthy boundaries, was to really, uh, you know, push, was to, you know, have a big explosive fight, was to really, you know do something obnoxious and hateful. Otherwise, you know, they couldn't make the break and cauterize the wound and then move on. Um, So not saying that that was the case in your case, just saying that has been the case in some cases and we're not hearing from a lot of fags about the end of the fag-fag-hag relationship. So I just wanted to toss that out there. Sometimes they end explosively because dynamite's the only way to blast your ass out.
2: Hey, this is Rick out here on the East Coast. Um, First off, I would like to say that the uh, word of advice uh, and etiquette for uh, gay guys with their fag hags, um, applies on both sides. Uh, I had a very good friend who, I guess you would call her my fag hag, uh, basically threw me away like he used Kleenex
0: when she was done with me. Um, and, and it, and it does hurt. Uh, I can imagine what it's like to be on the other side of the fence. Uh, it hurts. And,
2: um, as far as all the calls, uh, from, uh, Abandoned fag hags. Uh, I think maybe uh, us gay guys here in the country should uh, get together and start a fag hag uh, humanitarian adoption society.
1: (laughs) Thanks for your call and we're going to move on now to today's final fag hag question.
0: Hey Dan, this is John from California. I've been a friend, I'm I'm a 32-year-old straight guy. I've had a friend, consider him one of my best friends for about, she's 16, 18 years now. But he's a Mid-40s gay man. Now, what am I called? I don't want to be called a fag but I want to make sure I get the terminology correct. Would I be, I don't know what, just uh, if you can let me know, let me know. Thanks.
1: Not everybody gets a catchy hook. Not everybody gets a catchy moniker. Um, if you're a really great-looking straight guy and you've got a gay friend uh, who you're really tight with, um, I think you're called a mark or a fantasy figure uh, or a long-hoped-for drunken night blowjob, maybe, possibility. Uh, none of which rhymes, so it's not very catchy. Um, but if you're just like average guys and you have a friendship and you have a rapport um, and there's no sexual tension... You're just a friend. Not a fag hag. You're not, there's no mal equivalent. You know, there's the boys who hang out with, you know, up tight with a lesbian. They can be dyke mics, I've heard them called. But uh, you're just a friend. Well, we're going to leave it there. A shout out to all the fags and fag hags in America, particularly the young ones, please. Take away some of the wisdom I have tossed out of my ass on this program this week, hurled uh, from my colon about how to handle your relationship. Recognize that the intensity of the bond right now, particularly from your high school kids, uh, is going to pass away, but the relationship uh, doesn't need to pass away. And if you handle it properly, you won't need to be assholes. Uh, when the moment comes when she starts you know, getting boyfriends and is less fearful of straight men that want to fuck her, and you start totally coming out and are less uh, fearful of of the gay guys that want to fuck you 206-201-2720 is the number here at the savage Lovecast. if you'd like to record a call for a future love cast please give us a buzz uh, try to keep it under a minute or two and leave your phone number in case we want to call you back with a follow-up question uh that's it uh here's a little outro music or we don't have any outro music we have no outro music because the popovers uh haven't sent it to us yet but they got us that great intro music they're gonna get us some outro music and then we'll have it one day uh and now it's time for me to shut up Have a nice week, everybody.
2: Planned Parenthood wants to remind you to love carefully.
1: Unplanned pregnancy rates are rising, and sexually transmitted infections are at an all-time high. Remember, condoms reduce the risk. Call 1-800-230-PLAN for an appointment or visit us online at plannedparenthood.org.